I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. And let's talk about what lessons about. Let's hang out. And let's listen to two lesbian shout. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. Welcome back to Les Hangout, a podcast hosted by two living, breathing lesbians. From the East Coast, I'm Ellie Brigida. And from the West Coast, I'm Lee Holmes Foster. Uh, And we have one quick announcement before we get started this week, which is to let you guys know that we finally have merchandise that we are launching. Uh, So if you want to check out our store, you can go to tpublic.com slash leshangoutpod. We have so much good stuff. We are so excited for you guys to check it out and to wear it and send us pictures. Yes, I just got my bro tank that just says the word les on it and I'm loving it. So, (laughs) all right, well, we're going to get started. So welcome to episode 13, pros and cons. The con in question is Clexicon 2018, and the pros joining us today are Clexicon founders, Holly Weinbarger and Danielle Jablonski. Ladies, thank you so much for taking the time to meet with us and welcome to Les Hangout. Thanks. We're excited to talk to you both. So what we're going to be talking about today is uh, Clexicon. For any of our listeners who are not familiar with what Clexicon is, it is the largest multi-fandom event for LGBTQ women and allies, and it brings together thousands of diverse LGBTQ fans and content creators and artists and everyone else from around the world to celebrate positive representation for LGBTQ women in the media. So Holly and Danielle, if you guys uh, could also tell our listeners a little bit about yourselves, how you guys met, we would love to start there. Starting broad. Yeah. Um, Okay. 
Uh, I'm Danielle. Um, I am one of the directors of Klexicon, and I do all of the logistics side of running the convention. Hi, I'm Holly, and I'm one of the directors of Klexicon, and this year I am in charge of programming, specifically involving panels and workshops and the, the like. Um, and our other director, Ashley, who couldn't join us today, um, is our guest coordinator and works with all of the talent and agents. And together we do everything, um, also with um, quite a large volunteer team who helps make it all happen. You guys are the powers that be of Klexicon, basically. We are the, the, the powers that be, yes. People, someone, someone called us that once and I was like, whoa, no, <laughs> just people, but I guess so. Um. Yeah, so we're the main people, we're the main decision makers. Um, we have a great team behind us. Um, and the way we started was actually um, Holly originally had an idea to create a small event to celebrate Lexa and the ship of Klexa from the show The 100. She came up with the idea to do something positive to celebrate that representation and bring fans together to have like a community um, to talk about the show and, and celebrate the rep but Ashley and I came on fairly soon after she came up with the idea and together we kind of realized that there was a lot going on in terms of representation for queer women in tv and film and a lot of bad things and a lot of tropes and a lot of queer female characters getting killed off tv every week there was a the period in 2016 where every week there were one or two queer characters killed off tv mm-hmm. uh, and it was pretty awful and there was a lot of negativity and sadness um, in the online fandom. So we decided to take that idea for a small event and blow it up into an event for all queer women who are interested in representation in TV and film and bringing together fans from every show that we could. So that's how we ended up with the massive convention we have today. Very cool. You talked a little bit about Klexa. Mm -hmm. Uh, For some of our fans who don't know what Klexa is, Clark and Lexa uh, from the 100. It's their ship name. And like Danielle was saying, Lexa, spoiler alert, sorry guys, uh, <laughs> Lexa dies in the show. And it was obviously hugely devastating for the LGBTQ community. You also talked a little bit about some of the tropes. We refer to that as bury your gaze, mm-hmm. right? For, for those of you who don't know what bury your gaze is, a ridiculous number of shows, like Danielle was saying. In 2016 and 2017, 62 lesbian or bisexual female characters died on U.S. television, making up 10% of all character deaths. Like, ridiculous yeah, number. Yeah, which, I mean, if you compare 10% of the character deaths to uh, how many, like, what's the percentage of all characters that lesbian or, or bi women it's were? Five, <laughs> 5.4, I think. Not to be a nerd, but it's a, a much higher number. But I'm actually what I want to do is is can we actually step back to uh to Klexa for a little bit because I have deep shame to admit I have not yet watched uh the show. <laughs> I know I know what happens. I know I've watched the the clips and the everything. But I would actually love uh for one of you guys, Holly or Danielle, to talk a little bit about specifically why Lexa's death was so big of an event and why it impacted so many people the way it did. It was not by far the the first queer woman death on TV. So what was it about that specifically that felt so different? I think one of the things that felt different about it was that it was a really well-developed and awesome character 
um, in Lexa, who was powerful and brilliant and also kind and caring. She was a very well-rounded character and she fell in love with um, one of the first bisexual female leads. Of, was, she was the Yeah, first. the first. Um, that in itself is a groundbreaking relationship to have the lead of a show be a bi woman and fall in love with a lesbian woman. So I think that that's partly why it had an impact. I think also, speaking for myself, and I think some people, Lexa was just such an incredible character that people saw themselves in her. They wanted to have those characteristics. Like, she's just such an incredible character that we all flocked to her. And not only was she killed off the show, but she was killed off in a way that was particularly harmful to to many of us. And it was very painful to see see it done that way and see the reaction, especially of younger audiences. Because I think this, mm-hmm. this show did skew a little younger. And I think part of why it felt a bit as though there was a turning point after that character's death was because the audience was so young and so connected to social media that the backlash to the death was a very big deal on social media where before maybe when characters were killed off, there was less of an outlet for anger and sadness about it, but it was just such a high profile one and the social media aspect was connected to it. So it, it blew up in a way maybe that other character deaths Hadn't, yeah, hadn't had that impact before. Because I mean, I remember like I remember back uh, in high school, like when I was watching Buffy uh, and oh god, and <laughs> I know I'm so sorry. Um, but I remember like you know watching the week uh, where Tara dies, and it was it just you know the the idea that somehow that would have been something that you could go and just collectively share with. I mean, just so many people in the way that you can these days. You know that didn't exist. You just sort of sat there. Uh, stunned <laughs> and sad and then we're sad about it you know with like maybe the the couple friends that you had who also watched the show but yeah it's a very different a different ball game out there these days I think so uh, I think uh, I think Buffy is interesting too just because the similarities in the death on that show it, it had some very similar things the way Lexa was killed off and so for me and I think maybe some of us who are a little bit older as well who could see that the same things and the exact same tropes are being used decades apart and it's having the exact same impact on people. It was kind of feeling like we need to do something about this. We need to make a change. Like 20 years later, it should be better by now. And in, in some ways it really isn't. Yeah. So Holly, the Danielle was saying the original idea of, uh, of doing a convention was your idea. So how does that, how do you go from, you know, sitting and watching watching that episode, watching that happen to deciding, you know, this is what I want to come from that. How does that, how does that come about? Well, I'm just going to back up just a little bit to piggyback what off of what Daniel was talking about. So I came up in in the late nineties, early two thousands, I would say late nineties more than anything, where if something happened, you know, we were just used to not having any representation. So even if we had something that was a harmful trope, we just, like you were saying, we kind of just said, oh, well, that's just life, whatever. Lex's death did not affect me as much as I think personally it affected some of the people in the younger generation, which isn't right or wrong. But when I saw the effect that it did have on, you know, that demographic, at that time, during those six weeks, I think what was the seven, 16 or 17 um, lesbian or queer 
female characters have been killed off. I, I said, well, if this is all I was seeing at the age of 16 or 17 or 18, and I kept seeing myself be killed off over mm-hmm. and over and over again, you know, how would I have reacted back then? It's almost like, is bad representation worse than no representation? Right. You know, it was an idea and it it's blossomed since then, but it really was going to be something very small um, to comfort the people that were having this awful um, effect, you know, being being awfully affected by it. Yeah. Do you think there are differences between what it felt like last year, like planning the first Plexicon, um, what had led up to that and and, you know, whether the convention itself was a positive experience, it was still something that was coming out of, I think, this buildup of a lot of pain, a lot of frustration, you know, a lot of that sense of, you know, hey, I keep seeing myself and then myself gets killed. And that's not fun <laughs> to see over and over again. Um, you know, do you think there's a difference uh, from last year going into this year? Whereas, you know, here we are in the year of our Lord 2018 with, I mean, a very different, I think, sense of representation, a very different you know, amount and and style of representation that we're seeing so far this year? Does that feel different compared to last year? It feels a little different for sure. I think last year, in the lead up to last year's event, feelings and emotions are really raw. Um, there there were so many characters killed off TV and people were really angry and upset about it. And I think while people are still angry and upset about it, um, I think there is a sense now of a little bit more hope um, between us actually starting to get a few more uh, positive queer characters on TV and some shows starting to be a little bit more representative of our communities and also with the larger world, things that are happening with the um, Time's Up movement and people talking about getting active. Um, I think there's a lot more hopefulness around that this year. Yeah, and I would just add to that and maybe, I don't know, repeat kind of what she said, but last year for me anyway, um, it felt really helpless, even though a a great event did come out of everything, but leading up to it and even a little bit after, it still felt, you know, like we had a great event, but where is the change? Like, we don't see it on TV yet. And this Mm -hmm. year, with a lot of the representation that's come out, um, I'm not saying that Clexicon is responsible for that, but it just you know, having the follower count grow and having the ticket sales, you know, knowing that more people are coming, it's like, all right, you know, we're going to actually do this. We're going to accomplish this. And this is going to, this is going to change something, you know, whether it's 10 years down the road or five, people want to know what we're doing and they, they're excited and they're getting involved. And so for me, I feel like it went from, okay, we're doing this because we feel helpless. And now we're doing this because we're going to make a change, damn it, kind of thing. Besides just the feeling of it, obviously it's your second year now. What else is different with the second year compared to the first year? We have more guests, but uh, more than that, um, we have, we, we take a lot of our feedback from our attendees from last year. We took a lot of it and, you know, they wanted to have more time together. So we've added a day before and after the official programming to have events. Um, we're having like a pool party, a badge pickup party. We're doing speed friending. So there are a lot of people that come by themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can kind of make a friend that they're compatible with to hang out at the con. And I think Monday we're doing like um, doing another pool event and uh, maybe some outdoor stuff. But we're growing the programming. We're focusing more on queer women of color and in intersectional parts of the community. I think that's something that 
you know, definitely needs to be elevated. Yeah, we we have more events too. Like uh, we have a, added a comedy night this year, which we're really excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, we still have our Cocktails for Change event, but we've added more ways to meet celebrities as well with meet and greets and a celebrity breakfast. And then just overall, there's more of everything. More and more. Yeah. Bigger and better. <laughs> More, we'll more, take more. it. Yeah. Were you were you surprised last year? You dream this thing into existence. Uh, it's the first year, you know, not really knowing um, what to expect. I mean, how did it feel coming out of it? Were you, you know, just surprised at how amazingly it went, how big it actually became? Or, you know, what? how did it feel kind of the planning leading up to it, to, to actually getting that first year out of the way. Incredibly stressful. And I think the overwhelming feeling afterwards was relief. <laughs> <laughs> we had a lot of people that came up to us afterwards. And, you know, they said for a first year con, we never would have known. You know, I had no idea. But behind the scenes, like, you don't realize there are fires being put out and <laughs> blisters forming. And, and yeah, so I think, um, I think leading up to it, for me, it was a little terrifying, too. Um, and stressful, but terrifying. And I would echo everything Danielle said about relief. I would capitalize that and put <laughs> many exclamation points after. <laughs> yeah. Were you surprised by some of the people that came in terms of guests for a first year convention? I know you said there's there's more this year and we are are thrilled about so many of the people that are going to be there mm-hmm. this year. Um, but even last year, I mean, there was, you know, a decent number of, of pretty big name people. Yeah, we are really lucky and thankful that so many great guests wanted to come and support us and take a risk on a first year event. Um, we definitely had some amazing people attending last year. Some of them are coming back this year. We've also been able to add more people. I think also because we were a first year event, there a lot of people were a little bit hesitant to make sure we were actually going to pull off the event. Mm-hmm. So now that we've had a fantastic year as well, I think that's really helped us add even more names to our guest list. So we're really excited about that. Oh, yeah, they're all crawling back now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, for our listeners who don't maybe don't know who the guests are, tell us about some of your favorite guests, people you're most excited to see. Um, very excited to see Kyla Lee, Katie Lotz, uh, Maisie Richardson Sellers, Nicole Bisheri, uh, Amy Acker, and Sarah Shahi, uh, Kat and Dom from Winona Up. We're having a massive Lost Girl reunion. Um, the seven people from Lost Girl will be there. Wow. Um, we're, I'm really excited about the One Day at a Time panel. That's a really a fantastic show. We have Isabella Gomez, and both of the creators of the show will be coming out. Um, we have Caitlin Deschel, who is a, the Wonder Woman's uh, stunt woman. Um, cool. We have we have such an incredible lineup of people. Uh, Dot Marie Dot Marie from Glee. Uh, yep. We're going to be going through and checking now if you've forgotten anyone because that's uh that's pretty good off the cuff. <laughs> we have about forty um, featured guest actresses and then additional featured uh, industry guests. So there's a lot of people on that list. We definitely. Um, everybody go check that out. Lee and I will be at Clexicon, and we are very excited about all of the guests as well. I mean, also big names ourselves, you know, obviously. Huge. <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> really waiting to see us. but Yeah, I mean, it's basically us, and then there's like Dom and Kat, you know, and then down the line <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Ellie, what should I watch now that Winona Earp ended? Well, if you like Winona Earp, you should definitely check out Riley Para on Tello. 
It's a little bit Winona Earp, a little bit Buffy, and a little bit Rosalia Niles, but actually gay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, I love the Riley Power book, so of course I'm watching it. Plus, Tell is all about making content for lesbians, so lesbians are front and center. And you know we are all about lesbians, front and center! (laughs) And did you know they're the first lesbian network to receive an Emmy nomination? Which is huge! Such a big deal. We were so excited to buy our subscription because we know all those fees are just going to go straight into making more lesbian content, which I think is something we all want. More lesbians. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And we have a special deal for our listeners. If you use the code LESHANG at checkout, you'll get 20% off your first month or your first year. So be sure to check out Tello and subscribe to watch great shows like Riley Para and so many others. You know, it's something else that I think has been really great in terms of of the convention and things that that how last year went and things like that. Because, um, again, uh, n- neither Ellie or I were there last year. Uh, I actually found out about it like the week after it, it happened. And I was, I mean, just, I think, sank into a deep depression for like the next week after that at having missed it. I don't know that some of the actresses even knew, you know, what to expect walking into some of those rooms. I mean, it just seemed like their eyes were opening to this whole new, you know, whole new thing that was out there. Yeah, I think one of the things that's exciting for the actresses who are coming is that usually when they go and do a Comic-Con event or an event like that, the LGBTQ audience is relatively small. At this event, we have 3,500 queer women and allies who know (laughs) the show, love the show, want to meet them, want to hear from them. So the audiences are big and they're really excited. So I think that that's also something that the actors actually are really into. You know, it's kind of cool. We've talked about this in other podcast episodes, how actresses can be supportive of their fandom. Have you found that through Clexicon, you've really seen actresses be more aware of how to support their fandom as well? Yeah, I think for sure. And it's really interesting listening to some of the panels and listening to their experiences as people who do not identify as part of our community and how they've learned about our community um, and how they take take it very seriously, how they represent us and that they think it's very important that they do a good job. So um, it's really cool to hear that and hear about the process they went through. One of our guests last year before prior they actually went and researched like the barrier gaze trope and and what because it, it meant that much to them that they were you know representing the community and you know we had um you know writer director you know, came up in a panel and raised their hand and said what can I do better as as a writer as a as a producer so seeing you know the celebrity guests yeah that are not a part of the community take the initiative to do that it I think that means a lot to the attendees and that writer director will be back again this year do you think we're starting to see I mean you know we talked a little bit about the landscape of you know queer female representation um in the past couple years versus this year do you think we're already starting to see some of that you know see the impact of things like this um, I mean I think certainly uh in terms of a lot of the actresses and their awareness that you just mentioned of you know how important this is to people and how how little of it <laughs> there is for our community specifically um but do you think we're seeing that also at you know at the level of showrunners and possibly at the level of networks even 
I think we are slowly. I think we have a long way to go. And that's one of the things that we're really interested in is encouraging and helping more queer women get involved in the process of content creation um, and supporting queer women who are already in the industry and make sure that they have our support when they're pushing for better representation because we need to have queer women in the writers' rooms um, at, at the higher levels, people who are going to actually greenlight these stories and shows. Um, if we don't have queer women in those positions, it's going to be much harder to get that good rep. Yeah, I think that's sort of a good segue to talk about the panels a bit, because I think the panels for Clexicon are something that distinguish it from other conventions and that the panels are focused on helping queer women create better content, putting, like you said, putting them in the writer's seat. So do you, can you talk about some of the panels from the industry perspective? There's a writer's workshop with Emily Andrus that looks incredible. Yeah, that was fantastic last year. We expect it will be again. We also have a production workshop with Vanessa Piazza, who is a creator of Lost Girl and is now on Dark Matter, um, talking about how to take an idea and take it all the way through production um, we have uh, an illustration workshop with Laura Innes, who did the Winona Earp comic. David Peterson, who created the languages on The 100 and on Game of Thrones, is coming in um, to do a language workshop. Um, we have a bunch of different things like that. Uh, pitch, product, production. Pitch, pitch to production is actually a competition, too, <laughs> where um, you can come in and learn about pitching, practice your pitch, and then in part two, um, there's actually a competition and the the winning pitch gets a deal with telefilms. Um, Woohoo. Well, yeah, cool. um, how to create a web series, how to produce an indie um, production on a budget. Podcasting um, 101. Yeah, Podcasting 101. <laughs> Ooh, podcasting panel. That sounds interesting. That sounds <laughs> awesome. Everyone Who's should go to that, that panel. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, like, how to... How to um, how to make YouTube videos and how to actually become a successful YouTube creator. We have a director from YouTube coming in to talk about that. So we have like a variety of different panels and workshops yeah. around industry, getting into the industry and developing skills, um, networking events. And then we have a range of panels um, around representation for queer women of color, for LGBTQ people with disabilities, um, neurodiversity in writing. We also have um, a mental health panel about, you know, poor queer representation, how it can affect people's mental health. Panels around like older LGBTQ characters and where are they? Panels related to all sorts of films and shows um, and series. We have a lot we have of a, panels. Yeah, we have a, we have a, this, this year we have a sex positive panel. Um, you can find out more information on the website, but it's, you know, um, we really broadened uh, what we're talking about with our programming this year. But one thing, and Dan Danielle mentioned it, um, that was very important was to make sure that we tried to give a space and elevate the different intersections of the queer community. And like mm -hmm. underneath of that umbrella, you know, there are, you know, queer women that are disabled and a woman of color or have a mental illness and are a woman of color. So we're definitely trying to intersect those and, and give those voices a space to listen and talk and yeah. um, learn. So uh, we're really excited about that. And it's so, I mean, I think it's something that's really important. It, I know it's a conversation Ellie and I have had a number of times um, as people who host, you know, we, I mean, we call this a lesbian podcast and we try to be very clear about the fact that that means it is a podcast that is hosted by two lesbians 
does not mean that it is only for lesbians or, you know, cannot be enjoyed by anyone else or that we want to, you know, not discuss things that affect other people who are a part of our community as well. You know, us as lesbians are are very aware of being part of that broader LGBTQ community just we've seen especially at Clexicon is there is a, a really intense focus on being aware of and talking about that intersectionality where these things all come into play. Uh, and I think that's something else that's really important um, that I've also noticed this past year that, you know, not just are we seeing sort of better representation in the media in general, not across the board, I'm not going to say. I mean, I think we are still lagging in a lot of ways on certain issues about, you know, having a lot of trans representation, about having um, representation of uh, disabled queer characters and things like that. But we are starting to see more and more, you know, lesbians of color, bi women of color uh, on TV shows. I think, you know, obviously the even type. the bold type. Yeah, I mean, Woo-hoo. present at the convention that, you know, one day at a time is going to be there. That's a big one. We're really excited. I think we're excited to check out a lot of those panels. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know if there's more that you want to say just about having that representation and, and opening those spaces for for voices and for people to to kind of be a little bit more visible than than a lot of those groups tend to be. Yeah, we think it's really important. It's something we try really hard to do is to give space to um, as many different people within the community as we can. Um, and we always encourage people to submit their ideas as well for next year at this point. Like if you see a gap in our programming that you, you think we should be filling to let us know and submit a panel, um, we definitely want to hear what people want to speak to and what they want to hear about. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. So what you're saying is if they wanted like four podcasting panels, 
they should let you. <laughs> All right, Lee. <laughs> if you if you get that feedback, we don't know where that came from. We but, get it, uh, but it's good to know. <laughs> no, we encourage absolutely everybody to um, submit. You know, within reason you know, a panel about anything and everything, because there might be things that we miss. There might be things that other panelists submitting submissions, and that's completely redundant, um, but there are (laughs) things that are going to be missed. So Mm -hmm. um, we encourage, you know, to give a voice in our programming. Yes. And for our audience, if you look on the Clexicon website, you will see that the panels are ridiculously diverse. There's something for everyone. And I'm I'm just upset I won't be able to see everything. There's almost too much to digest. <laughs> uh, very excited. That's definitely an issue. And I will just mention um, that with over the next week, I guess, or so, we're going to have um, quite a handful of panels still that need to be added. They will be um, going up. So keep mm-hmm. an eye out. Oh, exciting. More, oh, my God. There's so more. <laughs> yes, there's more. Oh. I don't know if I can handle more. I, oh, wait, I, I'm i like more. Ellie. I don't know if I can make decisions about, you know, how do you, how do you decide what do you, what you want to go to? And uh, I'm so bad at decisions. <laughs> can I just, I need my time turner. Where's my time turner? Yeah. <laughs> On that vein, do you guys have any tips for people attending Clexicon to, because there is so much happening, how do you get the best experience possible? How do you get the most you can possibly get from Clexicon when you're there? Well, the one thing is to plan ahead, have a look at the schedule and know which panels are must-sees for you mm-hmm. so that you make sure you really do catch them and don't get distracted by the 5,000 other things happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing that we always tell people is just to make sure you look after yourself and don't forget to eat, don't forget <laughs> to sleep. Um, a lot of people last year complained that they didn't have time to eat. Um, so make sure that you eat. We didn't eat. <laughs> make sure you eat and you hydrate. Um, and also just make sure that you talk to people. Um, one of the really cool things about last year is that so many people came by themselves and so many people left with new friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's such an open, accepting environment that we have been able to create. Like people will talk to you. People want to talk to you. Um, just start some conversations. Yeah, um, I will say that if you have a way hot shirt on and someone else has a way hot shirt on, like you will be friends. And for any other ship, probably I saw so many people that came by themselves and they were hanging out at the Saturday party by Saturday, like the day after. Um, Mm -hmm. And they are now lifelong friends, like BFFs on Twitter, like everyone is so welcoming and they don't want, I mean... If you if you are coming alone, um, definitely just don't be afraid to say hi to people. Don't be afraid to say hi to us. We'll be running around like crazy, but say hi. Mm-hmm. Um, and our volunteer staff is amazing. So if you have any questions, like that's one thing, like you will see bright, is it purple shirts? Bright purple shirts this year, like go find someone. But the biggest thing that I would say for people that haven't been to a medium-sized con, I guess, is make sure you um, wear really good shoes and it's Vegas and it's dry. You need chapstick and you need lotion. Otherwise (laughs) miserable. Um, And also uh, I would probably prep yourself with some airborne or emergency to make sure that you don't get concrete. (laughs) Yeah. There you go. Cause it happens. You said earlier, if you see someone in a way hot shirt, someone else is in a way hot shirt. And it sort of brought me to cosplay 
you know, if someone is dressed up in your fandom and that kind of stuff. So I know there's there's some cosplay going on at the con. I will also be dressing up. I'm a, I'm part of the 12 Days of Hotmas, nice. which is going to be oh. amazing. We're uh, 12 different Officer Hots. <laughs> I'm um, so excited for that. <laughs> yeah, I cannot wait. So can you guys maybe tell us some of your favorite cosplays from last year? Or Sorry, the winner of our cosplay last year was a little Lexa, um, who was so well. She did Lexa so well. She was I don't seven. Know how old she has seven Oh, my God. <laughs> Um, I'm dying already. (laughs) How could she not win that? But we had people, we had a few Lexas, but we had um, Supergirl was big last year as well. Ghostbusters. Cora. Cora. Um, Yeah, we had two Holtzmans. We actually had uh, Supergirl. Um, Oh my goodness. Yeah. Uh, we had Supergirl. We had a. We did have a bunch of way hot cosplayers. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) So So excited. Yeah, so uh, um, I'm gonna be cosplaying pregnant Winona, so there's that because Leah's actually pregnant. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, I will be seven months pregnant while I'm there, so I it was too good to pass up that opportunity, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, we definitely encourage cosplay and we have the um the competition, um, so you can win some prizes. Yeah, um, it's really cool to look out and see people dressed up. That's awesome. We're going to be getting um, probably like a pre-registration uh, form on our website within the coming weeks um, once we hammer out some more details. So, but we're excited. We encourage cosplay like twenty-four-seven. <laughs> yes. What it's time for is uh, I I don't know if both of you have listened to the podcast before, but we usually end every episode with a little segment that we like to call Q and Gay. Q and Gay. Q, 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 and, and, and gay. gay. And the way Q and Gay works is we have some questions that we will ask uh, the two of you, and then we put them up on our Twitter as well um, so that we get our listeners to, to give us their answers. So if you're ready, we have some questions that we have prepared for you. They, they're usually yes or no or multiple choice. They're pretty straightforward. Uh, number one, I will start us off because this one might be a little bit of an attack. <laughs> when I said it's straightforward and easy, I lied. So question number one is, out of the following, which would you pick? Wayhot, Holstein, Sanvers, or Klexa? Um, I'm going to plead the fifth on that. <laughs> I'd like to add one, but... Um, oh, I'll go ahead and answer. And this is not favoritism, but it's just because it was the, it was the sh- first ship in like 10 years that I actually watch and i will say klexa but okay what what was if you were going to add one what were you going to add uh elizabeth marston olive burn from oh. professor marston do they have a name they should dr burn i'm gonna figure you know what i will figure it out we'll make one and let you know okay awesome we'll we'll have a write-in candidate there we go <laughs> yes all right question two is have you ever cosplayed yes or no i have not I'm thinking. <laughs> Halloween counts? Halloween does I don't know if Halloween. I don't think Halloween counts. I think I have, but I didn't, like, make my own costume, but I did dress up as Lauren from Lost Girl once. Excellent. Nice. Will you be Will you be cosplaying at Klexicon this year? I don't believe so. I don't think we'll have well, I don't think we're going to be able yeah, to. we're going to be running around like crazy. I guess we could do that in cosplay, but it'd be a bit trickier. Maybe. <laughs> I'll say maybe, but I, I don't know. Pick a cosplay with, like, really comfy shoes, right? There you go. Okay, question three, and this might be slightly biased, uh, but your favorite con out of FlameCon, ErperCon, 
Clexicon or Comic-Con? I mean, it has to be Clexicon, right? Yeah, it has to. <laughs> well, I mean, come on, it's their baby. Um, yes. We, we would expect no, no other answer from you two. I want to give, uh, well, can I add another one? Um, well, we just came back from TGIFM Slash um, this weekend, and I go to conventions a lot just to meet people, and I had the most amazing time there. So um, it's a very, very small convention. But um, And then you said Comic-Con, and that can't really, doesn't really count because there's like 40 of them. So Clexicon, <laughs> I enjoy TGIFM Slash, and that's my answer. Different cons have different feels, so it really depends on, you know, your mood. It's really nice to go to queer cons, though. Mm-hmm. You know, it really is. If you're catching on to the uh, Twitter allows you four poll options, so we tend to <laughs> we tend to cut it down and try to cheat as many in there as we can. So our right, so answer is Clexicon. <laughs> That's fine. We like we like the write-ins. You guys get to do write-ins, and on Twitter they can just leave a comment as well. So please don't feel locked in to only the four that we give you guys. All right, this next question I don't know if I can even get through. It's really hurting my heart, but. <laughs> Who is your most devastating queer lady death? One, Lexa. Two, Tara. Three, Dana. Or four, Pusey. That's a rough question. I really am crying. They're all awful. Oh my gosh. And also pointless. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. It was pointless. Every one of them. So equally all awful. Um, I, I mean, yeah, they're all completely different. I feel like we're breaking the rules, but I'm sorry. The verdict is everything about all of those was terrible. Got it. They were all devastating. That's correct. Yes. Devastating (laughs) and unnecessary. Secret answer E, all of the above. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I agree. It is a rough question. I mean, having, yeah, it's so hard to to pick out of any of them. I think Dana was the worst for me. Dana was the first for me. Yeah. Yeah. Dana, I think, was my first, too. Oh, Tara, Tara was the first for me, but yeah. Dana just rips my heart out every time. But then so did, I don't know, all of them. <laughs> yeah. Let's just, let's leave it at that. It's bad. Stop burying our gaze. Okay, question five. Last question, you guys. Uh, what is your favorite part of the weekend out of uh, panels, photo ops, parties, or just reunions with friends? I'm going to answer first because I don't have I, 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 I can pick um, meeting people that I have not met, that I have talked to, or just seeing them again. That is my absolute favorite part of the weekend. Like, I love the panels. I love the party. I'm usually too tired. Well, last year I was too tired to even, like, drink at the party. But um, the people I met, I mean, they, they brought Tim Tams and they brought, like, pawpaw <laughs> cream. And it, it was just that connection that feeling of community like across the it transcends like social media and it's actually there that's by far my favorite part of the weekend the cans down and I'll say that that's all awesome and on top of that (laughs) one of the things I'm actually really excited about is to meet our full team in person for the first time because yes our team is made up of people around the U.S. and internationally um, and I haven't met some of them in person yet so we're all going to get together um, and I'm really excited about that as well. It's, yeah. it's really awesome to bring together a group of people who've never actually even met each other face to face and be able to pull off an event like this. It's it's pretty cool. We are very excited to meet all of our Twitter friends as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and to meet you two in person, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the hugger. If you approach anyone. Okay. Go for the hug. Don't hug everybody. You got to ask permission. No, I'm just kidding. Um, 
No, but if you see us, if we're not crazy busy, which we will be, just like say hi. We will yes. do that. And remember that all of you at home can give us your own answers to this episode's Q&A questions on our Twitter at Les Hangout Pod. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram and on Facebook. We're at Les Hangout Pod. And you can email us at leshangoutpod at gmail.com. Or you can check out our website at leshangoutpod.com. People want to get uh, some more information just about the the convention in general, about where to buy tickets, how to follow along if they can't make it this year, things like that. What are the best places for them to check out? I'll use this to give a really awesome, massive shout out to the person who created our website. Hi, Danny. You can go to our website, plexicon.com, and it might take a little bit of um, navigation learning. All of our information is there. We have drop downs. We have stuff about our party. We have links to registration forms, press, et cetera, et cetera, everything under the sun. But we're also on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Tumblr mm-hmm. is the forgotten child, but we're there <laughs> now. We're there. Where is the best place if people want to follow you two kind of individually? I know we did the, uh, you know, the Clexicon things, but if people want to follow you guys. We're both on Twitter. Oh, us? Like us? Yes, us individually, yeah. Talking about Clexicon. Um, yeah, she, do you want me to give you, give them your thing? Yeah, because I never remember I it. I think she is DJNYC3. D-E-E-J. Mm-hmm. NYC3. My, I'm everything Clexa. So okay. that's nice to remember, but it's super dorky. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. Totally fine. <laughs> yeah, leading up to the convention, we're not really participating in anything going on on Twitter but maybe afterwards like we can exchange handles and say hi I don't know but I haven't been on there in like two months <laughs> cool uh, and if you want to follow uh, Ellie or I individually the best place to find me is on Twitter at, at LSH Foster and you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Ellie Brigida. just a quick reminder if you enjoy the podcast we would love if you could rate us and review us on iTunes it makes a huge difference if you just, you know, leave your thoughts, leave a comment. We love to read them and we love to see them. Yes. And we also have our Patreon where you can get insider perks like Les Central's viewing parties, hear the bloopers of all the ridiculous things that we say that don't make it to the edit. Um, <laughs> and that's at patreon.com slash Les Hangout. Uh, and once again, we are super excited to be launching some merchandise. So please check us out at tpublic.com slash leshangoutpod. We're going to have a lot of good stuff going up there. With that, I would like to say a huge, huge thank you to Danielle and to Holly. We have so much enjoyed having you guys on the show. This was great. We have enjoyed being here. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks a lot, guys. And we are looking forward to seeing you guys and seeing uh, everyone listening who's going to Clexicon. We are looking forward to meeting you guys and seeing you. And seeing you at the panel. Yay. (laughs) Yay. Uh, And with that, I'm Lee. And I'm Ellie. And And let's let's hang hang out out again again soon. soon. Let's hang out.